Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Grenham, and with me, as always, founder, CEO of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. Nick, what's going on, man? What's up, Chris? Lots going on, man. Lots, lots going on. Lots going Great on. guest today. It's fitting. Fitting guest. Keith Smith was the, the perfect guest to have on today. We talked a little Jimmy Butler. We talked some salary cap because that's Keith's mojo. If you got salary cap questions, he's he's your guy. So we talked some Jabari Bird salary questions. We talked cap projections going forward and obviously... Jimmy Butler, but Jimmy Butler is the relevant topic right now in the league, man. It was kind of perfect timing. We were dragging out this final week until training camp and preseason, and Jimmy Butler asking for a trade from Minnesota was the perfect segue just to take us home for the rest of the offseason. So pretty messy situation. It's been messy there for the last year, but now it's kind of hit its peak here. So what are your – obviously it doesn't directly impact the Celtics, but what what are your Jimmy Butler thoughts here? Well, I, I read Keith Smith's article on Celtics blog, and, and as usual, really good. It makes sense, tears it down, you know, breaks it apart yep. pretty really well. But, I mean, are we going to have to hear this all year? Because, of course, <laughs> this relates to Kyrie, right? Exactly. And Jimmy Butler, I mean, there's no rumors for him going to the Celtics, and I'm glad because after covering that Bulls uh, Celtics series a couple of years back where he just kind of quit, Right. I have no interest in Jimmy Butler. I don't know why Kyrie would want to play with him in the first place. I like the way Keith brought in the Clippers situation. Mm-hmm. I thought that was super interesting. Check it out on Celtics blog. And uh, to me, I mean, if I'm Tibbs, I, I, you got to get rid of him. He's going to walk, right? Right. I just don't understand why Kyrie or Butler would want to go to a – the New York Knicks, the most overrated franchise in sports <laughs> yeah, you history. you love the Knicks. You love the Knicks. I cannot stand the Knicks <laughs> because I cannot stand the hype they get because they haven't won a championship in 50 years. And even then, it was like Russell had to retire for them to win. And then there's the Nets. Like, I, I might as well just still be in New Jersey. Like, I don't know what what kind of thoughts are going through these guys heads yeah Um, it's interesting it's an interesting list obviously the appeal for butler is the max cap space for those three teams going into next offseason and you look at the clippers and again i mentioned them in last week's episode that's you know has always been my opinion on if Kawhi doesn't stay in toronto i think he's going to end up with the clippers so of course that possibility with two max cap you know options there in la that's an appealing thing to him but Keith, again, we'll talk about it in uh, in our interview with him later on in the show, but he brought in the interesting aspect of how even the Clippers, you know, have yeah. to, has to do with the Celtics and impacts uh, the Celtics draft picks moving forward. So uh, it's, it's interesting, it's, but it's messy, man. 
it's messy and it's and again it's going to go on pretty much all season long until Kyrie basically says I'm not going anywhere which isn't going to be until the off season next right. year you know and I, I just I tweeted it the other I tweeted it the other day I am you know Three weeks into this season, I'm going to be so sick of hearing these Kyrie rumors and Kyrie speculation. It's oh, gonna, I mean, it's, it's going to be, be great for ratings and clicks. Oh, but totally. At the same time, <laughs> as a as a reporter, it's just so boring to to have to discuss the same thing over and over. And it, I just all I can say about the entire situation is Boston is not. If that he's going, he's going to trade him. Yeah. So, I I mean, wherever Jimmy Butler goes, wherever. Joe Schmo goes that Ky- where Uncle Drew go- wherever Kyrie wants it doesn't really matter in my opinion anyway if Kyrie wants to go let him go we don't need him mm-hmm. the Celtics don't need him yeah yeah it's an interesting I'm I'm more interested at the moment right now in the whole Jimmy Butler situation with if they're going to trade him because obviously Tom Thibodeau is a pretty stubborn guy he's a hard yeah he's a hard nosed dude and that's just his way that's his that's his mantra and he's saying you know I'd basically rather walk there was a report yesterday I'd rather walk than give him up for picks and rebuild this team and I don't know you can't really you know this these relationships when they go south like this they rarely turn around so uh, you know I think they're going to have to bail on him and my real hope out of all of this for the, near, for the near future. Yes, Clippers for sure. But in the really near future is that Jimmy Butler has to show up at Timberwolves media day on Monday and take a pic <laughs> and take a picture next to Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> and Twitter just explodes. That is my immediate hope. But That's yes, great, Chris. For, for, for a basketball situation, I agree with you. Clippers, you got to root for the Clippers. And obviously, like Keith elaborates later in the show, if the Clippers succeed and play well and make the playoffs over the, the next year or next year, it's good for the Celtics. So got to root for them. I but, just... I, uh, before we go to Keith, yeah, and just let me uh, whine for one second. <laughs> I am just getting so sick of how the players control this league. It's I mean, between Kawhi league, yeah. and now Jimmy Butler, I love that Tib says let him walk because you know what he's saying he's putting his foot down. It's that old. It may not be the mentality. best business yeah. decision. It's that but old, there's got to yeah, it, be. It's it's the old school mentality, which is it's it's crazy that suddenly that that is an abstract move by him. But it is like you said, it's a really players driven league. It's a players driven league, and you know what? They're running wild with it. They are. You know, they are. I mean, as they at, should. If I was a player, I would do the same thing. I, I don't know. You have to look at. I guess I'm, it's easy for me to say I'm not in the situation, but you have to look at the health of the league as a whole, mm-hmm. and the league in itself is is kind of really struggling with the off-balance conferences and player and teams now players like i just the Kawhi leonard thing no one has ever wanted to leave greg popovich yeah ever i know i know that's a weird thing but i think in terms right the conference imbalance is an interesting thing but in terms of the league as a whole i think a lot of people would argue that this player's driven mentality is actually part of the reason why the nba has been so successful over years past because there's a good relationship in terms of the players having a say, whereas in the NFL, they the just kind of sh- shut, the shut their right. mouths and, and, and you know, it's the shut up and dribble kind of thing. So I think there's there's there, got to be an even medium somewhere. Though. Right. There's finding that even medium is important. And I, I get a lot of people understand that. But, man, it does make for some interesting off seasons and some interesting stories here. So we'll jump in with Keith here and get into Jimmy Butler and how he impacts Boston. And uh, let's jump to it. And now we welcome in Keith Smith of Celtics Blog and Real GM. Keith, how's it going, man? It's going well, Chris. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So last time 
we were together. We were at the Thomas and Max Center <laughs> at UNLV watching uh, watching an unhealthy amount of basketball. And now that we've you know regained our sanity and summer's coming to a close here, we've got training camp less than a week away, preseason one week away. We we made it. We're here. Oh man, yeah, I know. It seemed like in the beginning of July when we were together out there in Vegas, like it was never going to get here, and then <laughs> yeah. it just dragged through, you know, end of July and into August. But here we are, a week out, and you know, could, couldn't be more excited to see the Celtics team fully healthy on the floor together. Exactly. Yeah, everyone's looking forward to that, and it, you know, as Brad Stevens said yesterday, it looks like everyone's going to be a full go going into training camp. So that's great. But in other NBA news, recently you wrote a piece on it this morning on Celtics blog. We have the whole Jimmy Butler requesting a trade from Minnesota. Obviously, Minnesota, it hasn't really been a very pretty situation in that locker room for about a year now. Whether it's Carl Anthony Towns against Butler or Butler having issues with Wiggins or Thibodeau with the locker room. Regardless, it just hasn't been very pretty. And so, obviously, Thibodeau and Butler met the other day in L.A. And Jimmy Butler officially requested a trade with his three-team list being the Clippers, the Nets, and the Knicks. So obviously that doesn't directly have to do with Boston and with the Celtics, but in your piece this morning, you kind of laid out how it does impact Boston and, you know, in what form it does more specifically with Kyrie. So uh, in your opinion, really, how does this touch upon the Celtics and what should Celtics fans really be paying attention for here? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be something that Celtics fans are going to want to watch. And and I want to start off with, no, the Celtics are not going to trade for Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. You know, unless the uh, Wolves all of a sudden have a you know healthy desire to take um, Shane Larkin in some massive sign and trade <laughs> to be the salary match, which is not going to happen. You know, so so really, what I what what's important that people understand here with. The Celtics connections are there. There's really two parts to this. So the first is the Knicks and the Nets part. So it's in, in it's really you want to you, you're doing some connecting of the dots here, but these mm-hmm. are not hard dots to connect because right. what you're looking at is it's rumored that Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving have talked together about have talked about playing together at some point in their careers, and we we've, we've seen in the past when those things when you start to hear you know rumor of that, there's probably generally you should pay attention a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we heard that with LeBron, Wade, and Chris Bosh, and then we heard that with Kevin Durant and the Warriors group and those kind of things. So it's definitely something you want to at least pay some level of attention to, mm-hmm. even if you think, you know, you're the most diehard Celtics fan and why would Kyrie ever leave and those kind of things. And you might be right on that, but it is something worth watching. So so that's the first part of it. If either one of those teams gets Jimmy Butler, well, all of a sudden, now it starts to look like, wait a minute, Kyrie's also been talked about maybe going home to the New York area to play for the Nets or the Knicks in the past too. So, so those are things you're going to want to pay attention to there as far as, you know, could they connect and, you know, link up and on one of those teams. And, and those are things that, you know, Celtics fans, they're not going to want to hear it, but that's something until Kyrie Irving resigns with the Celtics, these are the kind of things you're going to have to think about at some level. And at some point it's, and it's kind of funny because I've had some people jump in and say, well, then they should trade him right now. Well, you know, let's not go crazy yeah you know i mean there's no reason to do that and i continue to believe that the most likely thing that happens is Kyrie irving resigns in boston i just you, you always unless the relationship has gone sour the incumbent team has such a big advantage with how much more right. they can pay the player that you always want to focus on that and then the third team in the los angeles clippers why does that matter 
Kyrie's probably not going to the Clippers, right? He's not going to go play in LeBron's shadow in Los right. Angeles. He's often said he's an East Coast guy, not a West Coast guy. Mm-hmm. But why that matters is the Celtics have a future draft pick from the Clippers. This coming draft, the 2019 draft, it's lottery protected. If Boston doesn't get it, it rolls over to 2020. Again, lottery protected. If Boston doesn't get it in 2020, it turns into one second round pick in 2022. This was all by virtue of the Jeff Green trade mm-hmm. uh, back in, way way back in the way. day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And these picks moving over to Boston via the Memphis Grizzlies. So what you want to see is you really want to see the Clippers. If you're a Celtics fan, you want to root for the Clippers to be a playoff team either this season or next season. So the Celtics get a first round pick. And I, I, there's a couple people who have been like, well, it's just going to be another late first. Well, a late first is still better than a second round. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not going to be that late. So, and Jimmy Butler is the kind of guy who, you know, this year might be a little tough to lift the Clippers into the playoffs. Depends on what they would give up to get him. Uh, they're just the West is that deep and competitive. Right. But next year, if they add another free agent to Jimmy Butler, all of a sudden, you know, you, you could see the Clippers, you know, be right back in that playoff mix. And that's going to be something, again, that you're going to want to watch. And and I, I put it in the piece on Selfish Block today. And, hey, you get to root for old friends. Doc Rivers and Avery Bradley. Yeah, what's so bad about that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the Clippers, again, kind of like you mentioned, Jimmy Butler might not be able to lift them into the playoffs immediately, say he were to get traded over there this year with the depth of the West. But next year, for sure, that's a team that's lacked a lot of depth at the wing spot in years past. So that's Jimmy Butler's really someone that they could use. And if they were to attack next summer's loaded free agency market, that could really really impact the, that whole Western Conference shift of power. So that would be something to watch. Absolutely. And it keeps Butler out of the Eastern Conference and yes. another good player out West that's, you know, just a one less guy the Celtics have to go through in the East. So that's, you know, yet another reason to root for him to go to LA. Exactly. That would be nice. Let's go Clippers. So hey, I, I like that. I like that. So back to the Wolves situation, a little less, uh, you know, salary cap focused here too. Um, how do you see this ending? I mean, lately we've heard a lot of talk about Thibodeau basically refusing to trade him and he's going to push this as long as he could go. And there was a report today basically saying that he would rather leave than trade away Butler for some picks and start a rebuild there. And that sounds pretty consistent with Tom Thibodeau's attitude and, and the way he treats his teams. And that's not a bad thing. That's just the way he coaches. But how do you see this ending or at least playing out over the next couple of weeks? Do we see Jimmy Butler in a Wolves uniform to start this season? Yeah, I I, I have a hard time believing we're going to see that. Mm-hmm. I just, one, I don't think it's going to get better. I don't think there's some magic pill that's going to turn this around and right. have Butler want to stay. I, I just can't can't see that happening. He, you know, obviously he's got issues with a lot of things in Minnesota. A lot seems to be driven by Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. You know, some of the young guys doesn't think they're you know necessarily professional enough right. or where they need to be, which is you know you can feel however you want to feel about that. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're Jimmy Butler, you're entitled to whatever opinion you want to have on that one. Now, the challenge for what what is also built is it seems like his relationship with Tom Thibodeau, which was reportedly great in Chicago, has soured some in Minnesota, and and I've got to wonder if Butler's looking at it as, hey, I I 
can't have this guy drive me into the ground here as I'm, you know, heading into what is likely to be the back half of his career. And, you know, playing 38 to 40 minutes a game at this point, he's already had some health issues. He's missed time. I wonder if that's factoring in for him as well. And, you know, once it comes out that a guy wants traded, rarely does it go back to being good. And generally it almost always goes into the realm of that player is no longer there. So, Yeah, I know Thibodeau, you know, reportedly said he would rather leave than go. But that's kind of like, Chris, if you or I walked into our boss and said, give me a raise or I'm going to quit. Yeah. Well, it either comes down to, well, Barry, I'm not going to quit because I still I, I still have money. bills to pay <laughs> right at the end of the day. Yeah. So, yeah. So so I think it's more likely that I'm going to say, all right, well, hey, it was worth a shot. So, you know, I, I, I think it's more likely that Butler will be gone and that they'll do what they can to get the best package that allows them to stay competitive right now while also maybe cleaning up the books in the future if they could somehow attach Gordy Jang to right. Butler going out or Jeff Teague or somebody like that and, and figure this thing out. I think that's that's the best Wolves fans can hope for right now. Right, and I think a point that you made that sticks out that's pretty you know, substantial here is that once a relationship, at least in the NBA sense, once a relationship goes this route, it rarely turns around and, and becomes, you know, unsour, becomes good again. And especially with a lot of this extra stuff that came out with Andrew Wiggins' brother tweeting hallelujah, and then you've got Jimmy (laughs) Butler with the Instagram video. It was very consistent with the NBA's mantra of being social media savvy and, (laughs) you know, lots of pettiness going around. So it was great for us. If you're a Timberwolves fan, kind of makes you sick to your stomach. But for us, it was great, and especially with all that extra stuff going on, I just don't really see it you know turning around and we'll have to wait and see you know media days on monday for the wolves so if we can somehow some way have jimmy butler taking media day photos next to carl anthony towns and andrew wiggins i i think the nba internet will just explode so oh my goodness yeah and 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 it's so funny because a year ago that's exactly what was happening. Exactly. Yeah, it was like we, right. now we've got our yeah you know, we've got our quote unquote big three and you know we're ready to go. And when you think about you know Wolves fans, which have you know they've stayed loyal and supportive of that team through you know a decade or more of mm-hmm. no playoff appearances, they finally break through uh, last year and get in. You know on the <laughs> last day of cruel. the season, <laughs> and now you know who knows what's going to happen there. They're you know even with Butler is questionable. They they seem to be the popular pick of yeah they're going to fall out. Out, right. um, of the playoffs with you know LeBron's better and Denver is expected to be better and whatnot but now without Jimmy Butler I mean the reality is even if you get a couple good players back the NBA is a you know you need you know four quarters don't equal we equal a dollar right. in the NBA so you you know stars are what win and Jimmy Butler was you know Depending on what you think of Carl Anthony Towns, he was the biggest star on the team. And then, of course, we all lose because we were Joe Kim Noah away from being back to the the Timberwolves. Could have had the Timberwolves, man. I know. We're so close. (laughs) Right there. We're right there. And that would have been perfect for NBA Twitter. It would have been phenomenal. But again, that's something we'll just have to see play out over the next week or so. Let's shift gears a little bit over to some salary cap news. You are, in my sense, the salary cap guru. You're the guy. If I've got salary (laughs) cap questions... I'm coming to Keith. So with the recent news of the updated salary cap projections for the coming seasons, let's just put it into some layman's terms for people like me who don't fully get the ins and outs of some of this stuff. So the 2019-2020 season salary cap is going to be set. The projection is according to The Athletic. uh, That's what The Athletic first reported, excuse me, is $109 million. And the luxury tax for that season 
will be set at 132 million. Now, if I'm correct, the salary cap for the 2018-2019 season is 101.9, correct? Something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah, just about. Yeah, almost 102. Okay, okay. And then for yeah. the following season for 2020 and 2021, the salary cap's going to be set at around 118 million and the luxury tax of about 143. So, what does this mean for off-seasons going forward for teams uh, like the Celtics going forward, is is there anything, any big measures occurring with this news? Yeah, so this is actually pretty huge. Um, the the jump of seven million dollars from this year to next year alone is pretty big. But it's you know that that projection has stayed true. That pro- that one hundred nine projection is now. I want to say we are three rounds in of them sticking at that number. Okay. Um, generally when the NBA is that close, we're, it, it's going to come in 1 million, one side or the other of that Got it. is most likely what we're going to see. So, you know, a jump of anywhere from six to 8 million is pretty big. Um, then that, what, what that does is that allows teams um, that are, kind of on the tipping point of max cap space or not max cap space that can change the dynamic for them now well one thing that can't be forgotten is under the current cba which is a change to the previous the max salary tiers are locked in to the salary cap so right. meaning the lowest tier is 25 percent of the cap middle tier is 30 percent highest tier is 35 percent which is really nice to keep it simple because it used to be a percentage of the bri calculation which is, is basketball related income and it was really kind of confusing to get to that number now it's nice and clean you plug that number in okay i know my first year max salary is x the other thing is, which is important for Celtics fans to, to know, is we go up by, uh, again, next year, the salary cap jumps about $8 million or so on the, or excuse me, the luxury tax line jumps about $8 million or so. And that's mm-hmm. really important for the Celtics because they're already over the luxury tax right now. Now they could make a tax avoidance move at some point. thing that's important to note there is you just have to be under by the end of the season. It's not a, you know, you got to get under today. It's just, you know, by the end of April, you have to figure it out something right. there to make that move. So, and which is generally really the trade deadline because it gets hard to get there after that. So you're looking at that. Now, when you flip it forward two years from now in 2021, that going up to 118, that's about a 2 million jump. And then 143 on the tax line, another again, about 2 million jump. Mm-hmm. That's, that's again, big for the Celtics because that – that year, what you're looking at, if you're the Boston Celtics, is you're going to have – let's take best-case scenario here. You're going to have Gordon Hayward on um, his player option right. if he opts into that, which he's – you know that's $34.2 million. Mm-hmm. Unless he comes back and you know, is better than he ever was before, I have a hard time seeing him opting out of $34.2 right. million. Right. Let's say they re-sign Kyrie. You're going to have Kyrie pushing about $36 million or so yeah. uh, in that year. Then Al Horford, who knows what he'll be, but he, he could be a free agent or he mm-hmm. could be under a new contract. And then Jalen Brown's due for a new deal yeah, that man. summer. That could be the first year of an extension for him. Aaron Baines could be a free agent. So yeah. you're seeing all this stuff is piling up for the Celtics. So any – any jumps here help them because the Celtics, we, this is something we said last year when they signed Gordon Hayward, 
that was the last chance at cap space for a while for Boston, right. unless they really fall apart and you know lose Kyrie and lose Al Horford and all these other guys that they'd rather not lose. They're going to be a capped out team. So what you're really looking for is growth between their their salaries committed on the books and the tax line, and that's what we're seeing for the Celtics. So it's a little bit of help for them. Um, it'll get eaten up very quickly, and we'll see. Um, I still believe in the ownership when they say that they're you know, willing to pay the luxury tax for a winner that does only go so far, but, but we'll see where that ultimately lands out. And, you know, and then it could be the year after that, we could be really looking at the uh, more punitive repeater tax right. uh, kicking in. And that that's when it starts to get really tricky for ownership. Cause that starts to get very um, expensive for them to keep a roster together. Right. So this, okay. So there you go. I mean, this salary cap news is very relevant, especially over the next couple of years to the Celtics. Um, that 2021 year, quick question. That's, uh, Gordon Hayward is the only one with a player option as of now that year, correct? You've got a bunch of yeah, team correct. options with Tatum and Gershon and probably Robert Williams that year yep. as well. Yeah, so, those okay. guys, yeah, they've got a team option on, on the last year, uh, Shemi's contract as right. well. So, yeah, and it would be um, Jalen Brown, and uh, I know we're going to talk about it a little bit in the show. I, well, we'll see where the situation goes, but Jabari Bird could be right. a restrictive agent that year. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. The the only guaranteed salary on the books that year, Marcus Smart at about $13.4 million okay. after he signed his new contract this summer. So everybody else, but, you know, unless unless, uh, unless Jason Tatum, uh, you know, has a leg fall off or something. I think you can, <laughs> can expect him to be on the books. Probably, you know, Williams as well. And yeah. obviously, I would assume the team will be looking to get something done with Jalen Brown. So, yeah, this this, this roster is going to get really expensive. This is a challenge when you have. It's really fun to have all good these great veterans and then have these young players who are better than you ever expected. As long as you're the fan and you're not the owner. And you're yeah, as long as it's not your money. It's fun, but it's pricey <laughs> yeah, exactly. when you're involved. Yeah. But it's, again, if you're if, if you're lifting the uh, Auerbach trophy and you're happy, then maybe maybe you're okay. Yeah, Sorry, that's Larry, a, that's a I, good point. Why'd I call it the Auerbach trophy? Let's right? name it the Auerbach it's trophy. Good, that'd be right? way that'd be the, way better. Yeah. That would Larry be, O'Brien trophy. Yeah. Right, I, I like the Auerbach trophy. That's better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you so you briefly mentioned their Jabari Bird. Obviously, this is an ongoing situation. Um, he, in his personal statement, came out and said that he was, you know, taking a leave from the team to focus on, you know, his mental situation, his legal situation, what have you. You know, obviously he has a lot going on following his pretty disturbing arrest that occurred um, over the last, you know, week to two weeks. So the league is currently investigating, and obviously that's why the Celtics are holding off on their comments, whether they waive him or what have you. Is there any way going forward here? I know a lot of people have been asking this. What's a scenario where you can see the Celtics being able to void his contract? Does it have to go through the full league investigation? Give us your knowledge of that situation. Yeah. So the important thing, well, let, let me start off with, you know, and we, we, we should always say, you know, our, our, our thoughts are with the victim, right. hope, you know, all the best for her mm-hmm. and all those things like that, that goes without saying, but you know, in this day and age, it's always worth saying as well. Agreed. Um, but what I will, you know, say with Jabari Bird is again, you know, I hope he gets the help he needs mm-hmm. and those kind of things. And that, you know, but we'll obviously be monitoring as the legal process, you know, runs its due course. Now, as far as his contract goes for this year, so here, here's what's important to understand with Jabari Bird. His contract, as of right now today, nothing has changed. This is the same deal he signed, you know, back a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. He is under contract for the Celtics for about 1.3 million, a little, little bit more than that, and that is fully guaranteed contract. So if the Celtics today, let's say none of this 
legal issues had happened and they decided, ah, you know what, he can't play and waived him. That's $1.3 million that goes on the books for the Celtics and applies towards the, the cap and applies towards the luxury tax. The tax is what's important here. Even if Bird's contract is completely wiped off the books, and I'll talk about the mechanics of that in a minute, it doesn't. there's no cap space created. The Celtics are so far over the cap right now, it does not matter. They're over $27 million, almost $28 million over the cap. So there's, you know, just... You don't need to be a cap genius to know. Take away 1.3 from 27. <laughs> that doesn't get you cap space, right? right. right. <laughs> so, so it is. Um, you know, nothing's going to happen there. What it would do is freeze up a roster spot, those kind of things. So, mm-hmm. so that that's the first part. Now, his next year, because he signed a two-year contract, is on the books for the 19-20 season. At right now, at about almost 1.6 million dollars. Now, that is fully non-guaranteed. So, again, if none of the the situation that happened had happened and the Celtics waived him today. They eat that 1.3 million this year. The next year just goes away. It's like, it wasn't even there because it's fully non-guaranteed. Now, we know the situation happened that happened. Mm-hmm. The Celtics cannot do – they can. They could waive him today, and that cap hit goes on the books. Right. But the Celtics can – what they can do is let the league let this play out, let the league complete their investigation under their new domestic violence policy that is in the new CBA collectively bargained by the league and the Players Association. Adam Silver has the power to void a contract. Now, he can do that under that domestic violence policy. There's also a long-standing clause in the CBA, even before the domestic violence policy, that says if a player cannot render services, so basically he can't live up to his side of the contract, and it's not injury-related, so if in this case that player is in jail, then what happens is that can also be caused to void a contract. Anytime a player can't you know, live up to his side of the the deal uh, that he signed with a team that can also be a voided contract. Voided contracts are extremely rare in the NBA. Uh, It was only changed a couple CBAs ago, um, even when a player died. Famously, there's still, I know, a lot of bitter Celtics fans that when Reggie Lewis died, his salary cap number stayed on the books for Mm -hmm. the Celtics until the contract ran out, which, you know, there's... There's a whole lot of stories and shenanigans that went on there as teams were sick of losing to the Celtics and didn't want them to get any kind of relief and, right. you know, okay. said don't right. take it off. But, but you know, that's a different situation. So in this situation is it's really going to be Adam Silver in the NBA, as the Celtics have said very clearly. They, they're not washing their hands of this and saying we're out. We, you know, they're basically saying – it's now in the league's hands. We're going to let them you know, do what they need to do. We'll support in every way possible, and then we'll see where this plays out. So this is going to be something that, unfortunately, you know, it's, you know, I, I, you're going to be there Monday at Media Day. Yep. There's going to be a lot of questions asked of mm-hmm. players, Brad Stevens, Danny Ainge, whoever is made available to the media. I'm assuming there's going to be questions about Jabari Bird asked. They will have coached everyone there to probably give a very similar answer to, you know, this is now an NBA and a legal matter. You know, I'm not going to comment. Something along those lines. But the tricky part is those questions are going to be asked to every single guy who comes up there and stands in front of a microphone. You know, they're going to be asked that question, and that's going to get really tough for uh, for the, the players to hear this. And then every day from there on out, right, there'll be some level of media over, access. Yeah. 
just going to hang there. But it's it's unfortunately this is not going to be resolved quickly. It's probably going to take a little bit before this goes because we all know the legal process is not going to be quick either. And the Celtics are Celtics and the NBA are going to act in conjunction with that legal process as well. Right. And I mean, it's probably a good thing that they're taking their time and delivery go, deliberately going through this. But again, you yeah. tweeted it the other day and you just mentioned it. It's going to hang out there for quite a long time. And whether we like it or not, it's going to be mentioned quite a bit over the next month to however long this goes on. But Keith, thank you for explaining that. Thank you for coming on the show. You can follow Keith at Keith Smith NBA on Twitter. He's a phenomenal follow. You can get him at Real GM and Celtics blog. Thanks a lot for coming on, man. I'm sure we'll be talking with you soon over the next month or so. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said, we're 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 it's Thursday night when we're recording this, and we're a little over a week out from the from the we first preseason it. game. We so right. we're there, man. I can't wait. I'm excited. You know, thanks for having me on the show, and yeah, you know, well, let's uh, yeah, you know, look forward to a good season, uh, a good NBA season coming, and hopefully a successful one for the Celtics. That's right. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Okay, great stuff there, as always, wow. from Keith Smith. You can follow him on Twitter, at Keith Smith NBA. You get him at Real GM and Celtics blog. Once again, you know, he always brings it, so we'll have him on in the coming months as the season gets going here. Uh, now, Nick, we're recording on yep. Friday. We are a week away from Celtics basketball. A week from today, the Celtics play at the Dean Smith Center in North Carolina. They'll play the Hornets to open up their preseason slate. We have just a couple days away on Monday. We'll be at Media Day, so you can follow Celtics CLNS and at Celtics Blog on Twitter for all of that coverage. Anything you're looking for in particular going into Media Day on Monday? Oh, man. Well, as much as I love Celtics uh, events, I'm not looking forward to the location because it was brutal yeah, last can. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was brutal last year, and I think I suspect it will be again. But yeah, it's tight. Uh, it's tight yeah, I mean, there. I mean, media day is always fun, right? Everybody's kind of loosey goosey. Last mm-hmm. year was was super interesting because Kyrie and LeBron were kind of shouting at each other from four states away right. on the microphone. Like it was just there was just some intriguing uh, sub stories. This year, I think it's just going to be awesome to see Gordon Kyrie like this whole team together and it's always just such a great light atmosphere at media day the Celtics do a good job of putting on that event yeah the Celtics really do a great job and like you said media day is a fun time every team in the league is you know has high expectations they have no losses everyone's zero and zero they're going into the year healthy so it's exciting and again there's plenty of storylines going into the season with Hayward and uh, and Irving returning healthy. This is a deep, deep, scary roster, and uh, and it should be should be a light mood. And then training camp following day on Tuesday begins Wednesday, and then the team will travel down Such to North Carolina. It is a weird thing. That's kind of a it's kind of a front loaded preseason schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I think they return to Boston and play Charlotte early in the in the following week. But hey, man, we made it. We're through the off season. Celtics basketball is back, and. We're right there. So you can follow everything at Celtics blog, at Chris Grenham for myself on Twitter. Nick, you want to at, uh, at Nick underscore. Wait a minute. <laughs> what is my Twitter handle? I just at like, CLNS underscore Nick. There That's you it. go. I couldn't think of it either. So there you go. Follow <laughs> us on Twitter, obviously, at CLNS Media, Celtics CLNS, at Celtics blog. We'll have your covered at Media Day on Monday, following with training camp the following two days and preseason underway. So, Nick. I will talk to you uh, this weekend and next week. Yeah, man. Can't wait. Thanks, Chris.